You're listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, the running public. This is the Running Public's Training Tuesday. Training Tuesday is where we talk about training only. One topic, we dive deep, we explore it completely. It's training, it's Tuesday. Training Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. All right. I notice, Bracken, that your screen name today is Sore, Sore, Sore. What have you been up to? Oh, just everything I do is new right now. And so I'm getting that first day of workout soreness like two times a week, maybe three times a week. Lucky you. I did hill. I did my first outdoor run. We kind of talked about that. I did one outdoor run and I went with a buddy of mine and we did five right in the middle of it. We went up and down a, our local ski hill five times, mm-hmm. which was 1100 feet total, uh-huh. but 1100 feet of descent after not impacting the ground for six months. My quads were worse than after an ultra. Come on. Seriously. Descending easy? Uh, it, it was steep. So it was descending as easy as you can go, but you still have to move. Otherwise, you're breaking hard and then you're taking more damage. So mm. it it was like walking downstairs sideways for four days. Man, this is just perspective of how far back your starting point is right now. Also, it's been a great perspective for me for talking with people or working with athletes who are newer to the sport because mm. we get we lose perspective of what it means to start fresh. And and I think sometimes I'll program a little too aggressively, despite my best intentions not to do so. And I think this is really good for me because, yeah, 1,100 feet of descent over the course of like an hour and nine minutes we were out there tooling around for. And it took me four days and to get to the point where I could walk downstairs with no pain. So next time after the first week of programming for an athlete and they're like, I am so sore. I don't even know if I can do my recovery run tomorrow. And you're like, sock it up and just go easy. Now you might be like, you know, maybe the bike today would be a good option for you. Yeah. So then anyways, I did my first set of burpees since high rocks in January and I did a hundred for time and my shoulders are so sore. Right where that pec and that shoulder meets in the front delt there. Yeah, but the yeah. worst is here and here. I'm pointing front and back of my shoulder. Mm. Oh, I, to take my hands and put them on my hips is torture. And then if I turn my palms backwards, I could cry. It's all from that eccentric motion. It's that slowing your momentum down when you hit the ground. It's not from pushing back up. It's from yeah. deloading on the on the down phase. Yeah, everything for me right now is impact-based. I haven't taken impact in six and a half months. Yeah. So every impact, like I played uh, tennis with Kempson the other day for two hours. Mm -hmm. All up and down the front of my shins, outside of my shins, my ankles, the top of my feet, the bottom of my feet from just gripping the ground and stopping and starting and jamming in. Sore, sore, sore. So yeah, every new thing I do that's impact-based just rocks me because I'm like a, a... brand new baby 
cold yeah. over here. <laughs> you know, though, that's also then you know you're getting better, and that has to be a good feeling. Like mm. you're giving yourself stimulus you haven't received in a while, and I always love that feeling. We lose sight of that feeling as well-trained athletes, and sometimes lose appreciation for it. It it'll be good for you. It's gonna yeah. be good for you. And I talked a little bit when we were talking to Hunter about how my legs aren't strong enough and stable enough to do two-legged compound movements like clean or squat or deadlift because my left leg is 20 weeks further along post-surgery than my right is. And it's just going to pull too much weight. So I'm doing more body weight stuff and more isometric stuff, mm -hmm. High, higher rep just to get it in for now. And then I'm going to go back to what you and I like to do. So I did a, a CrossFit workout, Angie. I believe it's Angie. It's 100 pull-ups, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 air squats for time. Did it three weeks ago. And I was starting to get twinges of cramps during mm -hmm. the squats and the sit-ups. The sit-ups, my core was almost cramping. And during the push-ups, my triceps wanted to cramp a little bit. That's how, really how out of shape. And then the next week, I cut three minutes off of it and didn't have any discomfort. So I, I just have to knock the rust off of every single activity again. Is that unpartitioned or is that? That one's unpartitioned, yeah. Unpartitioned. So you go right for pull-ups first? Yep. Yeah, just yeah. going straight through it. There's another version, Barbara, I believe, where it's it's more reps, but it's partitioned. And I did that one the week after. So I'm, I'm working my way through it. But every new thing takes one or two times before I feel like I can do it again. All I know is I'm seeing that you're getting after these really aggressive workouts that I don't know if Bracken in full training mode, healthy would be necessarily doing. So maybe it's to your benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm more systematic this time. Yeah. So it's people always say, you know, those knee surgeries or whatever health setback is either the best or worst thing that have happened to you. And I'm just determined that it has to be the best. Yeah. The, the other option sucks. Yeah. The other yeah. option sucks. Anything right. new to you? No, it's Friday, baby. Any this progress is, uh, with the foot? Um, nah, it's slowly healing, man. It's been 10 weeks, 10 and a half now as we sit here and chat. Uh, I'm cool with it, man. I'm cool with it in the sense like I got other stuff going in my life that I can be happy doing. And I say at the latest, if I'm running by December 1st, I'll still show up at the U.S. National Series race, somewhat decent shape, ready to race. And I'm hoping I'm running by November 1st. I'm just going to play the long game here. I'm going to work out less. I mentioned this on one of our previous training Tuesdays, but um, I'm actually going to stop hitting it so hard. I may only do cardio every other day, give the foot a little more time in between, maybe give it a little more energy to put towards healing because I've been pounding it hard for 10 and a half weeks and a little bit of wheel spinning as far as healing the foot goes. Even though I assault bike or I bike and my foot doesn't necessarily hurt when I'm doing it. I don't feel it at all. I get off and do burpees or I'm squatting and deadlifting uh, in the gym. Not really painful. But I still think that stuff is adding up. It must be. So um, I'm just Not playing the long game. mentioned tramping through the woods. Yeah, I have been spending a lot of time hiking through the woods, uh, being the uh, mountain man that I am. Sounds mountains, running away from bears. My bear spray came in uh, the other day, Brack, and I got two large tubs of bear spray. That's new. Yeah. So I'll be prepared next time. But no, man, I'm, uh, I'm just going to stick to the cross training, hit a couple hard efforts each week, and maybe just fill the gaps and get strong again and um, you know, 2021, see you there. That's all I can say. That's all we can do. Yeah. Should we, we just uh, commit right now? First U.S. National Series, you and I will show up and knock some rust off. That's the plan. Oh, yeah. I don't care if I'm two months back to running. I will show up and perform. Okay. 
Yeah, you too? Yeah. Why but not? You know, but you know, uh, today, there's another thing that people got to show up and perform for, isn't there, Bracken? Yeah, there is. OCR stars. We thought we would give some patronage today to OCR stars because, one, it is a worthwhile event in which I believe is worth training for. Two, the sign-up is officially happened. You can go now and sign up. Three, the event is roughly two months out. Four, you have enough time to train for it if you don't feel like you're ready right now. So Bracken and I thought that we would walk you through what we would do if we wanted to take OCR stars seriously, which comes around November 1st, I believe. Mm -hmm. Kirk and I decided to do this five minutes ago. We sure did. We had a different topic for today, but it's a topic that can wait. This one is, Kirk's right, it's the right time. We're two months out, which is enough time to change your fitness trajectory for a specific race. And so we haven't really discussed, we haven't discussed how each of us would go about doing this. So we're going to, mm -mm. I'm going to go, Kirk's going to go. We're going to see if we're on the same page for this. I like it. So I look at this like skill sets in a vacuum. This is not OCR. This is OCR testing. We don't have to combine skill sets for this. And so I would train for it alone. You're going to have two running time trials, two workouts. So that's the way I would approach training. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't argue with that school of thought at all. That would be my, you know, like broad stroke philosophy. Uh, this means like really right now, you know, we'd like to talk our compromised running and we like to talk other specifics uh, to OCR. I do not think those apply to Hunter's event. I think you train them completely separately because they're being tested completely separately. You try to become the fastest, most in or most efficient runner you can be. And you try to become the strongest and have the most stay power when it comes to like high end Metcon strength work. Yeah, exactly. And I think that fits the paradigm of the off season pretty well mm -hmm. because we don't want to specialize right now. We don't want to get too good at our race skill. We want to work on individual skills so that we come out next year and we've raised our floor a little bit. I was talking yeah. with a couple of athletes this week about buying in on periodized training on why having some periodization, base building in particular, in an off-season for an OCR athlete is scary but necessary. And their fear is they're going to come back in and they're just way below their ceiling now. But my take is you're going to come in and your floor is going to be way higher. Correct. You're forgetting about the floor. Yeah. Yeah. We may be resetting lower than what our ceiling was last year currently. But our floor is so high that we're not losing much. We can quickly build back up and now your ceiling rises with it. So that floor is what's important. Aerobic foundation is your floor. You can only build upon a really good floor. And the higher you can move that floor up, the higher, the closer you're going to get to your ceiling. And that's what I think this is going to do. You can focus a speed block here. You can focus a power and Metcon block and then move back into however you want your off season or next season's prep to be. But you've got those new skills that have raised your floor a little bit. I can't agree more with that. That's uh, perfectly said. And I, I know this is going to be speculation because Hunter, even us as buddies, we both chatted with him off podcast. He's not telling us specifically what's going on. He gave me kind no. of an idea, but no specifics. And so we're only going off of what we know and what we know is basically what you know. 
But if I were to guess, we're going to have something shorter. We're gonna let's just talk the run front first, Bracken, and then yeah. why don't we talk the uh, the strength stuff? So on the running front, my guess and Bracken's guess is we're gonna have somewhere in the vicinity of a one mile, two mile, or a five k time trial. It's gonna be very simple. And then on the other end, um, I think we're gonna have a longer threshold type something where it's like a ten k or a ten mile or an hour max distance. Just off of the info I've gathered, that's what I believe. And Bracken, you got any other philosophies on that? If I had to make a place a bet right now, I would say mile 10K. That's your thinking. I think I think so. I think that's what we'll end up doing. Uh, it's short enough for one that it tests some amount of speed without being so short that it's ridiculous. And the other one's long enough that it tests endurance without being so long that it's ridiculous. You get a mile, which is very American. You get the 10K, which is very metric in the rest of the world. That's what I would guess. But I wouldn't be shocked, I guess, if it was a two mile and a 10K or even like a 5K and a, a 60 minute test. Mm. But yeah, betting man right now, one mile, 10K. Hunter likes either the mile. He does test the two mile himself as well. He does. You, you don't hear Hunter doing a lot of 5K time trialing for whatever no. reason. So my guess, just talking this out, probably a one or a two mile. I could see him going up to two miles. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so I guess with that, Again, to pound home, like we're talking about pure running and we're talking about like a pretty varied distance of ability. Mm -hmm. So if I have what, seven weeks and again, this competition is going for a month. So really there's, there's like 11 or 12 weeks until it's over. Mm -hmm. You got plenty of time to change your fitness. You got plenty of time to get specific. And I assume that most of you listening have been doing some sort of running, which means you've set yourself up well enough to go into like a specific program to do your best so yeah. we're kind of coming at this from a sense like you've been running and you're able to continue or get specific now at this point yeah so there's many ways to approach this but again without preparing for this just speaking off the top of my head i would start off with 10k interval work along with threshold running i would do two quality workouts of those per week a 10k workout and a threshold workout because I believe that 10K is fast enough to be specific, especially if it's a 10K or longer race. Now that's race pace or faster work, but it's slow enough that you can't really hurt yourself or burn out doing it. You can come off the couch into 10K work. It'd be great to get base phase beforehand, mm -hmm. but if you haven't, you're going to be okay. So I would start with probably four or five weeks of 10K work, and then I'd cut down from there and I'd sharpen as we got closer to race day. Uh, either 5k, 3k, or maybe even some mile work. Most likely I would cut down to 5k or 3k work and do some mile fast 200s at the end of it. Yeah. I like that approach. I think threshold work needs to be in immediately, no matter what. So I think you should be doing some sort of tempo or threshold effort or duration work once a week. Mm -hmm. And you could roll the dice a little bit in, in two ways. One, you could take what Bracken said, and you could very much periodize like a shortened periodized training cycle where you just focus on 10K and threshold. And then those last three weeks or so, you start to cut down with your pacing 5K, maybe some mile, mile finishers. Or I think there's just a short enough window where you could try to do both in the sense where you do have a threshold or a tempo run every week. And then you oppose that with some like 5K or faster work. Mm -hmm. You do both each week leading up either cutting rest or increasing speed or increasing reps. I think you could do both simultaneously, but either way, both facets need to be into your program before 
the competition starts. Yeah. And if it were me personally, I would do those probably five weeks. Let's say we're, we're, we're saying we're two months out, so we'll just call it eight weeks. I would do five weeks of threshold and 10K, and then I would do three weeks of 10K and a faster interval work in the same week I drop my threshold. Yeah. And wouldn't you like to know? I mean, sounds like we're not going to know till the week of, like on Monday morning, the event's going to drop. But man, if we had a little heads up, we could get more specific with it. Yeah. If mile was week one versus week four. Huge difference. Yeah. Because then you could do 10K work all the way up and then switch gears and really do mile prep for three straight weeks. Exactly. But we don't know that, do we? Get back to that mile type rep work. Oh, and we could guide our listeners week by week on what they should do along the way. We just don't have that luxury. No. Um, I like that. I like that. I think five weeks of sort of building that stay power and then three weeks of refining it is the way to go. Let's talk specifics. Mm -hmm. I think this is an episode that we should. Could you give... Are you planning to compete, by the way? I am. You are? Okay. Yeah. I guess you don't have to give away all this, the secret sauce then. I don't know if I will be because I'm not, I don't know if I'll be healthy. The thing but. is, I'm going to be doing what you talked about for the U.S. National Series. I'm going to be showing up with whatever low level of fitness I bring in, and I'm just going to get after it with whatever level I can put out. Yeah. Nothing I'm not wrong looking to win this thing. I'm looking to, to support Hunter because realistically, I've run on the ground one time. <laughs> so like, <laughs> eight weeks will be nice. But I'm doing it to have fun. But so what I, I don't care if people hear what I'm doing, but I guess normally I wouldn't care either way. Yeah. Like if, if you're training the way I'm training and beating me, then you're more talented than me. Yeah. And ultimately doing these competitions are going to make you better anyways. Yeah. They're going to make you better. They're going to make you sharper as an athlete, mentally, physically, and give you something to focus on. Put a real good effort in because you you have the reason to. So um, let's talk then like the first, let's say four or five weeks, I would say just basically it might be seven weeks out from now ish but uh what would be some of like the threshold and tempo work would it be as simple as going out for a a four to six mile threshold run to intervals like what would you uh steer the listener towards uh it depends which boat you're in when i'm fit i like to go right into that four mile of one week five mile the next week six mile the next week or even spacing it out a little bit more yep. but coming where i'm coming from I can't handle that type of pounding. So I would switch it into threshold intervals or cruise intervals where I'm doing thousand, maybe even 800 to start 800 or thousands or miles or, you know, three by two mile instead of six miles straight, but at slightly faster than threshold pace with really, really short recovery. But I assume if you're running like 800 or half mile re repeats, you're probably capping that at 10K pace. You could run that at 10K pace. I could, but I wouldn't. I would, would run it at my. Pace. I would run it threshold style, just broken up with like thirty second rest between each one of them, to get the stimulus of what I'm trying to do. Maybe you know a couple seconds, five seconds faster per mile. But I would really stick to that threshold work on that day, and then I'd run true 10k pace on the other day. And okay. you know me, I like my one. I mean, I, I like my three minute, five minute intervals for that. Yeah, yeah, and then sometimes either watching your heart rate come down. And as soon as that heart rate hits 130 on the head, you go again yep. because, you know, you're recovered. I, I like the 130 mark or you're probably taking 30 to 60 seconds rest in between efforts. I'm assuming nothing longer. For the cruise intervals, yes. For yep. 10K, I'll do 60 to 90. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then do you have music playing in the background at your house? Every time we record at noon, I get in trouble because we have 
like three churches within several blocks of me and they all blare their bells at noon. Okay, so I've got to go back through here and anytime you talk, I can silence it. Anytime I'm talking, we're going to have some bells in the background. <laughs> I thought I was going crazy or you were like listening to Christmas music at home for some reason or something like that. This this shows me that you and I haven't hung out during the holidays. I am <laughs> not a holiday music fan. You okay. won't catch me listening to Christmas music. Me either. We're in the same boat there. Uh, moving on. So I agree with you on the threshold temple work. I love that. Just increasing duration each week and maybe trying to keep the same pace would be a, a good marker of improved fitness. Um, the shorter work now, the 10K work mm-hmm. at this point, what does that look like? Well, there's there's kind of a, I don't know if it's classic, but for me, my classic 10K progression is to go six by mile twice. Once or twice. So one week and then the next week, or just go through it once and then two mile interval rest and then three by mile or four by mile and then two by two mile and two by mile and then three by two mile. So that's that like four week progression. And by the time you can do three by two mile, you can hit that pace in a race guaranteed. Yep. I love that. I love that. That's a great progression. We have the time to do that progression as well. Yeah. And I do 60 seconds rest on the miles and I put 90 between the two mile and the miles. I am going to say though, running 10 K pace for three by two miles is going to be quite a challenge if that is the actual goal. Yeah. And that's why I'm not running it at goal pace. I'm running it at uh, what I can run right now pace. Okay. That's fair. That seems a little more reasonable. Because hitting what you can run right now pace in training means that on race day, you can hit a little bit faster, especially three by two mile. That's a nasty workout. It might be yeah. two, 3% faster than what I know I can hit right now, but it's not like I'm running at my goal PR pace. I'm running it at a very specific pace to me. Yeah. And I think people hear 10K pace and they think relaxed for some reason, like, oh, it's 10K pace. That's not too difficult. Now I've raced 10Ks. I know how intense that pace is, even a mile, two miles in for sure. This is a very intense effort. So this isn't like relaxed interval work. This is very purposeful, um, sometimes painful, and sometimes sharp work. Yeah. I'm certainly trying to run relaxed, but it never feels easy. 10K pace is fast enough that it's it's long enough, the 10K race, that you expect it to not be as bad as a 5K, but it's short enough that it doesn't hurt a whole lot less than a 5K. Yeah, I would say I'm two miles into a 10K race and I'm already looking at my watch going, oh boy, four more miles of this, like crap. Yeah. Um, Okay, cool. So I agree with that. So working on that. And then I think if it were me, I would take the secondary approach that I outlined, which would be a tempo or threshold workout once a week and then a quicker workout once a week. Mm -hmm. Um, We should outline some of those quicker workouts then as well. So um, some of the classics now, if we're looking at like 5k pace or faster, now we're probably talking like nothing longer than mile repeats and most likely even shorter than that. Mm-hmm. Thousands, eight hundreds, three minutes, two minute intervals, going down to quarter mile repeats, things like that, but probably nothing much longer than a mile and probably, probably even shorter than that. Yeah. My take is that I prefer longer intervals to shorter intervals because you can cheat a shorter interval just based off over revving it and recovering quickly. But long intervals test your stay power. However, this is going to sound confusing. I like to err on the longer side of short. Okay. So I I don't want to do 400 meter intervals as my money workout for a, a 5K. 
that's more like a supplementer, a supplemental workout to that. I want to be hitting half mile, mile, um, but not longer than a mile. I don't see any need to do a two mile rep or a 2K rep for a 5K. Nope. Uh, unless I'm getting real close to race day and I start with a 2K and then finish up with like three 800s fast or something. But that's just not it. I'd rather stay on the long side of short. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I can get on board with that. And I also think um, if a mile is sprung on us for this event, now we're not even really touching that pace unless we're running 600 meter repeats or less, probably. So yeah. I would develop workouts and that's only going to benefit you anyways, to try to run mile pacing and workouts. I would maybe do a classic workout. Like let's say I'm going to do six by 800 meters with even 90 seconds rest, let's say. And then when that's finished, I'm going to roll out four by 200 meters with a minute rest in between and really sort of over rev that engine just to make sure that like my systems are stoked in case a mile is thrown at us. Mm-hmm. That would be a good way to kind of cover all your bases. Still prep for a nice 5K if that is the case or a two mile, but also not have race pace of a mile feel completely unknown to your body. Um, so having those 200 meter 30 second sprint finishers to a few of your speed workouts would be super smart to do at this time, I would say. Absolutely. And and historically, we can look at everything, both scientifically and just results of races. And we can say that if you could only train for a 10K or a mile, but you had to race both, you'd be way better off training for a 10K. Always. Because a great 10K runner can drop down to a mile, or even a normal 10K runner can drop down and run a better mile than a miler can run a 10K. Yep. And so if I had to choose, I would stick with 5K and 10K work with speed sprinkled in at the end of workouts or in between workouts to stay sharp enough and efficient at fast running rather than train for the mile and then just fall apart during the 10K. So yeah, yeah, I like your idea of run 10K pace or faster and have some finishers and some hard reps to end a workout. Yeah, so let's summarize this then. So again, about eight weeks until event one, we believe that you should be doing threshold work every week probably in some capacity and roughly 10K work or under in some capacity once a week, and then maybe just dialing up your speed and increasing maybe a little bit more rest so you can go a little quicker as the event gets closer, if we're going to simplify it. Um, And just to reiterate, guys, like this is a running event. It's not an OCR event. It actually isn't an OCR event at all. You could almost argue there's no OCR event in OCR stars because they're so separated. Mm -hmm. The skills required are definitely going to need to be proven. But because they're so separate, I would say if you're taking this seriously, toss out your compromise running right now. Toss out, you know, a lot of the frill, fancy run lifting wads and kind of get down to the basics. I think it's a good opportunity to do it. It's not like we have any real OCRs coming up in general. So I say roll the dice a little bit, get speedy right now and just do it. Just commit to it. I agree with that. And if you wanted to hedge your bets, you just do multi-pace workouts. In that case, I would keep the threshold every single week, maybe even all the way up until like a week before the event, because you don't know what the event's going to be. And every week I would do a multi-pace. I do a workout where I start with some cruise interval type work, but more at like 10K. And then I progress down to 5K work and then wrap it up with some mile pace stuff. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the time from week one through eight, I'd lessen the the amount of 10K and maybe lengthen the amount of 5K and mile that I do. But that way you arrive to week one that I could run a pretty good mile if I had to. I can run a very good 10K. And if the mile happens to be at the end or the 10K happens to be at the end, I haven't 
totally overplayed my hand and now I'm kind of stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I am a big fan of, of multi-page workouts anyways. Yeah. I love the mystery of it. Kind of it, 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 it you, you're going to have to go in prepared to run hard for 40 minutes or more, no matter what, mm-hmm. and run hard effectively. Like that should be priority. Number one, if you can do that. And you feel like you can sustain a high heart rate and a high effort for 40 minutes or more. You're going to be set up to do pretty well in any event that is thrown at you. And so that has to be your priority. And that's kind of what we're outlining. If you simplify it. Yeah. And before we move on to strength, I think it's important throughout this time to throw in time trials. Now, because you have a limited window, I don't think it's worth the recovery cost to run a 10K time trial or a 5K time trial. But I would run mile time trials at least twice throughout there, or maybe a thousand meter time trial or an 800 meter time trial, something maybe 2K or less, something that's not going to require huge recovery, but that's just going to get you used to pushing the button and keeping it pushed all the way through a test, burning really, really badly, feeling that oxygen debt and getting used to that. Because while you don't necessarily have the ability to build up a ton of resistance to it, you can build up the mental comfort with dealing with it. And that's half the battle. A lot of times when they show studies of people handling uh, lactate overload and oxygen debt, what they're really proving is that the mind controls how well you handle it. Yeah. And, you know, how many of you go out and your first race of the season is your absolute best race? You want to know your pacing a little bit. Maybe you do a time trial and then you go to a little hot and fade home or you go to a little easy and have more in the tank. You're going to actually be able to strategize with purpose for when the events are announced. And the only way to do that is to have like a baseline Mm -hmm. and to know where your body is at. So I think the time trial is very important because this is a time trial style event. So you better get good at it anyways. Yeah. So programming those into your into your program. And then the other thing I think that is a good time to do these style of workouts. I know I would throw a few in if I were doing the event and it's probably not looking great for me, but is ladder style workouts where where Bracken says, you know, using multiple speeds or I don't I forget how you, you worded it, but anything simple, two by a mile, two by a half mile, four by a quarter, all in the same workout. Two by five minutes, two by four minutes, two by three minutes, two by two minutes, two by one minute. Um, then you can kind of work all systems. I don't think it has to be perfect. It just has to make sure that all your systems are are ready to go and those gears can be switched. That's what I think is really it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I like having longer reps either in the beginning or the middle of those workouts. Yeah. Because those the, the tests in this OCR stars, they're going to get real long in the middle. Yeah. And being able to build up some of that fatigue and hit some longer reps in the beginning or middle. Let's say you're doing mile, mile, eight, eight, four, four, hitting that earlier or going mile, eight, mile, eight, four, 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 something like that. That second mile is your bread and butter of that workout. hundred percent. And that's what it's going to feel like to be halfway through that, uh, that event effort and being like, Oh shit. Yep. I agree with that. Um, Shall we move on to the strength piece? Yeah, but I do want to speak to one last thing here. Uh, okay. How you talked about adding speed at the end or 400s at the end. That's not just for improving your foot speed. Foot speed is kind of a term that gets thrown around. It's not just for improving your ability to run fast. It's also for improving your ability to finish off a race. We don't have a lot of sprint finishes in OCR, but in time trials, every second counts. And in track running and road running, it's whoever's finishing the fastest that wins. Yep. And those are good ways to program your mind to know that as I get close to the end here, 
I'm switching gears because in a time trial, you just can't let up. You have to be accelerating all the way through the end. You have to find that gear. You have to. And especially if you plan on doing well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's my final piece there. Let's move on to strength. Yeah, strength. I think this is where it actually can, the conversation can be opened up quite a yes. bit on the strength front. Let's refresh the listeners about what uh, Sir Hunter has said we need. He says we are going to need a 24 inch box, a tape measure, most likely to prove the height of the box, I'm assuming is the reason for the tape measure. Let's hope so. Let's, let's hope so. <laughs> um, women need a set of 30 pound dumbbells or 35s, I believe. Mm-hmm. 35s. Men need a set of 50s or 55s? 50s. 50s, and you need a pull up bar. Yep. What else am I missing? I think that's it. Set of dumbbells, a box. You also need a GPS watch or a smartphone. Yep. And you'll need to document video proof your strength wads. And the run wads will be Strava user uploaded. So no need to video your runs, but uh, the data must be uploaded to Strava and be able to be read. So Mm -hmm. it's that simple. So we have to take those things into mind. 24-inch box, pull-up bar, set of dumbbells that are adequately heavy. That's it. Where yeah. does your brain go? What do you think when you when you hear that? Well, he already told us this isn't going to be a running wad. Yep. Unless that changes. So it's going to be semi-stationary. So if there's no running, all you have to worry about is the movements. I think worst case scenario, or maybe best case for the listener, depending on what type of athlete you are, is if there's movement, it'll be farmer's carry or something like burpee broad jump. Yep. But even that's going to be really tricky to, to, to film. You would have to have somebody filming you. And so... At, Farmers carry back and forth across the space if the tape measures to measure out eight feet back and forth if you have to do like 20 laps on that. But otherwise, it's going to be Metcon work. Mm-hmm. It's going to be work where you are just going rep to rep to rep to rep to rep as fast as possible. You're either going to go for as many rounds in a time limit or as many reps in a time limit or reps for time. So those are the only real ways you can judge this, which means it's going to be high output, lots of reps. Yeah, and he mentioned it It will be grip intensive, which leads me to believe that you're either going to be hanging from the pull-up bar a lot, or you're going to be hanging on to those dumbbells for a good amount of time, probably below the waist. Whether that means you're doing like something simple, like a like a dumbbell deadlift, where all they got to do is touch the floor and stand up into pull-ups, like the grip goes, the grip goes. But uh, my guess is um, you'll be holding on to things a good bit, whether it's the bar or the dumbbells. So just keep that in mind with your training. Now, Again, I'm assuming if you're interested in this event, you probably are doing some sort of strength work right now. I would hope. Um, if it were me breaking this down, because this is the strength portion weighs 50% into the results of this, I think it does warrant a little more attention than I would normally give it. For me, that would mean one to two raw strength workouts per week still focusing on low reps, heavy weight, just so that when you pick up those 50 pound dumbbells or those 30 pound dumbbells, 35s, that they're not, they just seem light to you. You want them to seem very manageable. So you want to get your body used to having a heavier load, finding dumbbell work with a set of seventies. If you're a dude, whatever that means, figure out whatever movements you can do with those in your hands, just to overload the system. And then I would be doing two high end Metcon or wad based strength circuit style workouts per week. So one or two heavy structured strength work, no high heart rate, high output as far as um, as far as weight goes. And then for sure, two Metcons per week um, filtered in there. That's how I would approach it. 
Yeah. How about you? Very, very similar. I think I'd start with two power lifting workouts and one wad based workout mm -hmm. for probably three weeks. And then I do three weeks of cut of doing two and two. And then I do the last two weeks of one lift and two wads. So I would kind of periodize it as well. And I think running and wads, I would stop everything um, like seven days out from the first test would be my last difficult work. And then on like that Tuesday, if he's going to release on a Friday, Monday or Tuesday would be my last work and I would make it a combination workout. I would have a good quality run workout, but only like half to two thirds of it. And then a, a mini wad to finish it off so that I was primed for everything coming mm -hmm. into week one. And as soon as he releases it, you're, re you're rested for that skill. And I would follow up as soon as possible with the other skill after that as, as a training day to stop any sort of atrophy of skill work. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he'll maybe give us a heads up is like week one is run and week two is strength or vice yeah. versa. If we'll get any heads up there or not. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't, but I think the tricky part as we just layer these together is going to be where do they all fit? High end strength work with high heart rate output. We're telling people to do two quality run workouts a week. If you're in the peaking phase of this, that means two quality run workouts a week plus two quality Metcon strength workouts a week. Suddenly that's four high heart rate efforts per week. Where do you put them in? I'm putting them on the same day. Always. To begin with. From the start. From the start to get used to it so that when peaking phase happens, I can handle it. And I would be very flexible about if it's just not happening, then I have to adjust on the fly. But I think the safest thing when you're combining many things is to keep your recovery days recovery mm -hmm. so that you don't start chipping away at your return on your investment. So a lot of working class folk doing the uh, eight to five are going to be getting up in the morning and doing their threshold work, getting home from work, dog tired at five, six o'clock at night, and then forcing a Metcon out and calling it a day. If they have to, the other way to do it is I would almost always have my Metcons following my lift. So okay. I do my power work right into my Metcon. So you do a quality run workout, a lift and a Metcon all on the same day. If I could, yes. Otherwise for the normal person, I would space it out. I might do Monday quality, Wednesday lift and Metcon, Friday quality, Saturday lift and Metcon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just fun to uh, move the puzzle pieces around. Sometimes I respond well. Let's say my first quality workout run workout would be a Tuesday. I may run a recovery run that's half the duration on Monday and then hit a Metcon immediately after that. And then mm -hmm. I can usually still salvage a quality run day after something like that. You could try that formula. But if you have the luxury of getting it done in one day, I would push you towards that. I think the next best choice would be what I outlined would be like half recovery run, half Metcon the day before your quality run day, and then run through that cycle. That's how I would do it. Okay. Yeah. And it's going to be really individual based on the time you have available and, and the way your body recovers. But I would start by trying to get as much done on one day as I can. And if not, then balance them out. And that's not going to be a terrible strategy because it's going to get you used to what's going to happen in the competition itself, which yep. is you're going to hit I assume day one or day two, you're going to want to do the workout. 
which gives you time to hit it again later in the week if you screw something up or if you realize I could do this better. But you're still going to have to fit. Let's say week one is your your strength workout and week two is a time trial. You don't want to go all week without hitting a quality run. So you're going to have to fit it mm-hmm. in somewhere. And getting used to doing that in the eight-week prep is going to be very valuable. It's a good point. And you brought up another good point that Hunter said you can take multiple attempts at these things. So you better get your ass in the first two days of the week on that released wad. And if you're not happy with it or feel like you learned something or could do better, then you got a second crack on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and you can leave satisfied. I like that format. Yeah. The only time I would probably go in on one is if there's a 10K or a 60-minute run or whatever. I would probably give myself two or three days into the test to fully recover from what I did last week. So if he releases on a Friday, I might not do it till Sunday. Get that little extra recovery and just say, this is my 10K. I'm all in because you don't want to run two 10Ks in a week. There'll be a couple of people that will. Oh, yeah. Yes, they will. Yep. So let's talk then specifics as far as the strength and Metcon or WAD, however you want to put it, uh, work goes. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, it's all guesswork, but Hunter wasn't lying when he said, you know, I've been in all these sports for years and I believe I know as much as anyone and I'm going to take what I know to be true about this. Well, what do we know about Hunter? He's done a lot of CrossFit. So you can look to CrossFit workouts that require dumbbells and pull-up bar and boxes. We also know what he thinks works. Weighted step-ups he's a fan of. Box Mm -hmm. jump-overs he's a fan of. He really likes squatting and deadlifting, and I would not be shocked to see front squat in there, but all CrossFitters love thrusters. I would be shocked if there's no thrusters in this. Mm -hmm. Hunter also loves pull-ups. There's going to be pull-ups involved. So now we have the several pieces that we know are going to be in there. Mm -hmm. And then you start either finding workouts that already have those or create your own little EMOMs or AMRAPs uh, every minute on the minute and um, as many rounds as possible style workouts or just you know, reps for time to get used to moving those things back and forth. Very smart. Very smart. You broke it down by based on Hunter's tendencies and what mm-hmm. the tendencies are and you, and you put it into place that way. I think there will be pull-ups. Mm-hmm. There will be toes to bar. Oh, good one. There will be dumbbell thrusters. Yep. And 50 pounds. If you're a dude, 50 pounds on each arm, um, in a high output scenario is going to test you. So get ready. Women, 30, 35 pounds. It's 35, right? For the women. I keep getting those. Conditions. I don't know if it was 30 or 35, but that would be challenging for a lot of guys to do thrusters Correct. with 30s. Might be. Okay. You're going to see thrusters. You are going to see burpees. You're just going to. And you might okay. even have dumbbell burpees. You might have dumbbell burpee presses. Or you burpee might have box jump. Burpee box jump. You're going to have box jump overs. It's a TMX staple. Hunter loves those. And I think, yeah, I think I I could see him putting a box step up holding the dumbbells, uh, showing full lockout of the knee every time. Yep. And so you have like those six movements or however many that was. And I think you're going to see all of those. So I'm just, we can just probably put our little stamp of guarantee on that right now that those movements all need to be practiced in some sort of Metcon on your own. One of Hunter's favorite, uh, two of his workouts that I know he goes to are Fran and Helen. Yep. So look up Fran and Helen. And staples there are uh, kettlebell swings, pull-ups, and thrusters. So you could conceivably have to kettlebell swing with a dumbbell, or Mm -hmm. it could be replaced with ground to overhead with the dumbbell, or single arm ground to overhead. Uh, box jumps in between rather than the 400 meter runs that you would see in Helen or Fran. 
mm-hmm. and pull-ups in between with high heart rates. So taking a look at some of the things we know about him, I would be shocked if there wasn't some sort of Helen or Fran in this. And so you you can't go wrong with looking at those two workouts. Helen, for sure, I know is one of his go-tos. Well, let's just talk about one more specific of this then. And again, speculation, but yeah, that's- Yeah, speculation, but informed speculation. Yeah, we know him pretty well. Uh, he also did want to make it a point that this wasn't to test CrossFit ability. Mm-hmm. He said, I want to test OCR ability. He said that a couple of times. So with him saying that, does that change the potential wads? Is there any other aspects that we could think of? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we are kind of leading the CrossFit route a little bit. And he says OCR specifics. Could it be grip changes? Could it be um, anything like that? Like, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to think outside the box here if we're talking OCR specific. The farmer carry is OCR specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there could be that. There could be grip changes or shoulder taps on the bar. There could be dead hang. Uh, there certainly will be some sort of burpee. Uh, Hunter really loves core work. He's a believer that energy is lost out through the core. And barbed wire crawl, hercoise, a lot of things in our sport, descending requires core. So there could be some core, either a core move or a move that requires core to simulate something like that. And other than that, I think pull-ups represent most of what we do in OCR, box jumps, and and we, we have to pick things up off the ground and we have to get things up on our shoulder in OCR. And so something maybe, you know, like front front rack position squats with a, with a dumbbell or goblet squats, something like that in there. But we're going to use the box as our cardio version rather than running during these workouts, I believe. Yeah, it'll be the box or it'll be burpees. Yeah. I, I would like to see something of the along the lines of like a max dead hang for time. Okay. Then you get exactly a minute rest. And then you go like max burpees in three minutes. You get exactly a minute rest. Then you go max box hopovers in two minutes, exactly a minute rest. And you do something of that format where it's still like score based. Burpees are OCR specific. Dead hang could be OCR specific. And then you can just add up your total amount of seconds would count as, as a score, your total amount of burpees in three minutes. I just think that would be like an interesting play on it that would keep it very OCR specific. Again, we're just speculating, but I think all these would be in the realm of possibility. They would be. I've never talked with Hunter in my life about dead hangs. It's never come up. And so I wonder if he'll steer away, but you should be ready for it. Yeah, you should be ready for it. A workout I did once, I don't remember if it was 800 or miles. I want to say it was four by 800 with max dead hang in between each one. Mm. And it was a weird, strange, nasty workout. I don't remember if that was the Yancey workout or not, but it was something like that. But if you took that out with box jump overs instead or weighted step ups in between to torture grip and legs and then get back on the bar. And even if it was pull ups or shoulder taps or something, that that would be an OCR style workout. Yeah. I just think maybe he's going to throw something in there that we uh, haven't maybe quite thought about. So, Oh, for sure. Leave but it up at the same time, it has to be simple enough to replicate and film and judge. Yeah. So yeah. who knows? But yeah, we know he loves pull-ups. We know he loves squats and thrusters and that burpees are part of the sport and that step-ups weighted are very OCR specific. Mm-hmm. So you have the fundamental pieces. Again, I'm sure there'll be some other different things in there, but... um. 
I guess the only other thing then is specifics with your, so aside you guys should set up then is, is you should set up, you know, pick two to six different exercises. You could simply roll through 10 reps of each for time, take a rest, repeat. You could say, I'm going to do 20 of everything, 15 of everything, 10 of everything for time and do it all with no rest, but really things. And, and I would stick to high end work somewhere in the 10 to 20 minute range, just as a guess, mm -hmm. I would say like practicing that range of exertion. That way you could go down to a five minute watt or up to a 30 if you had to, but, but working hard for 10 to 10 to 20 minutes, I think is going to be the main goal of your sets. Yeah. Um, total time. And then for your heavy work, sticking to the, sticking to the basics is going to work. Heavy barbell work, heavy, you know, you, anything from even the bench in this case, bench, heavy pull-ups, deadlift, squats, and then any accessory work you want to hit on those days, be my guest. Could be a good bit of shoulder engagement if you're doing thrusters, so keep that in mind. But uh, you don't have to change much with what we always recommend on the strength training front there. Just keep that stuff going. Push the weight so that the amount of weight on competition day seems light prospectively. That would be my advice. Yeah. And as you get closer to the competition, if you want to get lift specific, then you just take a look at the reps you think you're going to be having to do. If you're going to be doing box jump ups um, or overs and single leg uh, step ups with weight, then you're going to want to do some some single leg squat or some split squat. And yep. if we're going to be doing thrusters, you're going to want to do some overhead press and some front squat. And yep. if we're going to be doing farmer's carries, then you're going to definitely want to be doing heavy uh, bent over rows, shoulder shrugs, and deadlifts. So matching it to the skills you're about to use can't possibly hurt you. Yeah. And then I would just say the last thing is the most frustrating thing to happen during like a water or a Metcon is to have your grip go on you and the rest of your body is still has more in it. And so I would just put a little more time into some sort of grip work just to make sure that that isn't like your Achilles heel when it comes to these competitions. Um, I could see 50 or 35 pounds adding up very fast in your hands once the heart rate is high. So just be conscious of that and make sure maybe that is put in anywhere into your program really, but you're going to want to make sure that's, that's unlock. I would not over fry my grip, but at least once per week, I will, will be doing a workout where I have to get off the bar and be holding weight in my hands and go back and forth because he will do that to you if he wants to torture your grip. That's the worst thing to do is to mm -hmm. be holding the heavy weight, moving with it, and then immediately up on the bar. Yeah. And he does that stuff himself all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that in there. So we have all the the puzzle pieces there. The last thing I would say about meshing everything then, the strength and the run work, is again, we've said we don't need to put them in the same workout. Keep your running and your strength separately right now. And the other thing I would say is because you are doing a good bit of high output work, maybe more than you currently are, I would just say to take your recovery seriously. Maybe maybe even decrease some of the time on feet in between workouts. It's okay to cut mileage right now. All we're trying to do is run fast over a shorter period of time. Even if it is up to an hour max distance test as one of the run workouts, you don't need to be running high mileage to perform well here. So I would just say the priority is constantly going to be recovering between all these high output efforts. This would be the time that I remove my long run. Yep. I'd remove it as well. Maybe keep it for the first two or three weeks. Up to four, if you can, if you're used to handling strength work and volume and intensity, maybe keep it for four. But when you get in competition season, long run is not always, but it can be the first thing to go just because you have to prioritize recovery. That might upset people because the long run is important, 
but it's not saying it's not important. It's saying that recovery is more important. Yeah. And it will have the least bearing on your mile and on your watts. In college, our long run, even in cross country, which we race in 8K, it's just short of five five miles in a sense. Uh, our long runs, I mean, we raced almost every weekend and nobody was doing long runs the day after races in general once we were halfway through season. I mean, we got we went through the last four to six weeks of season without doing a long run, like yep. a true long run. It was all quality work or racing. So, and we performed well. We were national champs in cross country. I mean, we, we figured it out and same went for track as well. Our long runs went out the window probably after the first third of the season. Yeah. So it, it, it falls second tier, in my opinion, to the quality work almost always. Yeah. Yeah. And the faster you're running on your hard days, the easier you can go on your easy. And like you said, drop volume. And I do think it's important to talk about strategy during the competition because one month is long enough to lose fitness. Yeah. And if you have a, let's say worst case scenario is that run test is first and last. Mm-hmm. that's a long time in between run tests. So you have to still get quality in your week. So ideally you would recover really well after your first workout and hit one other quality workout that week really well. Yep. Or you can shift down to two mini workouts, but ideally you wouldn't have to do each test twice. Right. Exactly. I would just hit one quality workout run wise that, that period of time. Mm-hmm. And I would, I'd be stopping at 80% of what I typically would do. And I would probably keep the rep duration pretty short. Yeah. If you come in in good fitness, you can hit maintenance mode and keep most of it for a month. Yep. So you don't have to do anything crazy. At that point, you prioritize rest and recovery, but you still have to hit some intensity, just not a lot of it. Yeah, I agree. And, And some of these, I mean, if you're looking at between high end WAD, work or metcon work for the events that is going to keep your metabolic fire stoked as well Mm -hmm. so like it should it should work itself out you shouldn't you shouldn't have a problem holding on to your fitness for a month but you do need to fill in the gaps with your own work other than uh, own real work other than the events that are going to come out now hunter said it several times and i don't know if he was just theorizing or if he was alluding to what's going to happen but he talked about how you might have someone like botrus or woods that's way out in front after the first two events so there might be a chance that you're going to just get your runs done first Mm. or vice versa. If that's the case, that's the best case scenario for peaking and tapering. I guess it's hard to peak with an eight-week block, but you know what I mean. So you could stagger how you start tapering things down. You could start tapering down your running while still keeping your strength pretty good. And then after the first two, who cares what happens to your runs? It's time to to freshen up and be ready for your lift. So. Just keep in mind that we have no clue what's going to happen, but there's a chance it could be three weeks apart the run tests or back to back. Yeah, it's true. So or or almost four weeks apart. Yeah, depending on how you stagger it. So I, I'm curious what you would choose. Which one would you rather have first, the mile or the 10k? I would rather race the mile first. I'd rather race the shorter event first, only because I think that might set me up to run a better 10k later perspective wise, um, because the pacing will be slightly more relaxed. So I would say the mile first, although the type of work you'll have us doing may lead to running a better mile performance at the end. So I don't know. I'm going to say mile first. What would you say? If they were back to back weeks, it's really tough because mentally I'd want to run the mile first so that the 10K felt slower. 
But yeah. from a recovery perspective, I'd rather get the 10K out of the way, recover totally, and then hit the mile and go into the wads fresh. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong or a best case scenario, but I know I would want to run first. Yeah, I would want to run first too, because I just want to see my name somewhere where I want to see it on that board. And because I know I can keep strength fitness for a long, you know, and feel confident longer than if I had to hit two weeks of wads first and then go back to running. I'd rather just run when I knew I was sharp. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And and I wish we had more uh, idea of the length of these wads, but I think we'll have one of each. I think we'll have like a five minute or two, like a two to five minute and then like a 10 to 20 minute, but I could yep. be totally wrong on that. Maybe it'll be 10 and 30. Ooh, that'd be long. I assume it'll test two different things just like they're running well. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see a uh, ladder style too. 30 pull-ups, oh, yeah. 30 burpees, 30 box jump overs, 25, 25, 25, 25, something just grindy, yeah. which would end up taking about a half hour, which would be OCR specific in my opinion. So yeah. you never know. Um, anything else that we want to I don't know, share with the people? Any other thoughts that we need to cover? I don't have anything. No. No, I don't know. I just think, I think the most important takeaways, and we've said it now for a third time is Focus on your running and then know Hunter's tendencies with the movements he enjoys and work those. And even if those aren't picked, the exercises we're talking about, pull-ups, burpees, thrusters, box, step-ups, those are all going to translate to whatever he does have you choosing to do. So you can have peace of mind there. I would say in terms of overall exercises, burpees and thrusters set you up for any sort of Metcon work on the planet. Yep. That's yep. up there with assault bike for my three most difficult exercises. Yeah. And if you throw in something like a box jump over or a burpee box jump over, that's going to fall right in that right in that wheelhouse as well. So I think that's our two cents, guys. And we just wanted to get this episode out to you as soon as we could so you can get to work. And, hey, if you want a, a two-month program to set you up, you got a couple of guys over here who would be happy to help you out. Got it. Let's go, let's go, let's go get our name on the leaderboards, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Reach out with any questions you have, though. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a great week, guys. Girls, get after it.